It's Monday and it's time for another Search with Candor podcast. My name is Mark Williams-Cook and today I'm joined by the Grand Master of Ads, Mr. Rob Lewis. Hello. And today we've got a bumper PPC episode for you. This is episode 19 of the Search with Candor podcast recorded on Friday the 19th of July 2019 and we have a PPC Bonanza episode for you where we're going to be talking about Google's 2.42 billion euro fine for shopping ads and what that means for you and we're going to be doing a deep dive into the major changes they've made to their automated bidding which is very likely to affect you. It hasn't been spoken about much at the moment and Google's only been emailing people about it. On the 27th of June 2017, so we're talking over a couple of years ago now, the European Commission fined Google a whopping 2.42 billion euros for breaching EU antitrust rules. And they were saying Google has abused its market dominance as a search engine by giving an illegal advantage to another Google product in its comparison shopping service. Commissioner Margaret Vestager, who's in charge of competition policy at the time, said, Google has come up with many innovative products and services that have made a difference to our lives. That's a good thing. But Google's strategy for its comparison shopping service wasn't just about attracting customers by making its product better than those of its rivals. Instead, Google abused its market dominance as a search engine by promoting its own comparison shopping services in its search results and demoting those of competitors. What Google has done is illegal under EU antitrust rules. It denied other companies the chance to compete on the merits and to innovate. And most importantly, it denied European consumers a genuine choice of services and the full benefits of innovation. Um, we know Google Ads is obviously massively important to Google as a company with numbers around 90% of their revenue, as we discussed before, coming from these ads. And we've just been told in the last few weeks that Google is confirming as part of this ruling, they're no longer going to be giving customer support for Google Shopping Ads. And moving forward, they'll only be offering kind of what they call best practice guidance. So Google issued uh, this statement. So originally, actually, they were emailing uh, Google partners. And when we're having our monthly calls with Google saying, we're now stopping this support. But Google also issued this statement saying, following the European Commission's June 27th, 2017 decision, Google has made shopping ads on Google general search result pages in the EEA and Switzerland equally available to all qualifying comparison shopping services. This is directly impacting the support model for shopping ads. Our team and shopping teams are no longer able to provide support for shopping campaigns. This includes any optimization, implementation, 
and product feed troubleshooting relating to shopping campaigns. From now on, we are only able to share best practices and new product information for shopping. So Rob, I think that this seems like it would have, I guess, probably the most impact on SMEs who maybe aren't using agencies at the moment where perhaps they don't have Google Shopping or Google Ads experts, or maybe they don't have technical teams who understand the ins and outs of the feed implementation. I mean, what what do you think the impact's gonna gonna be here? I think there'll be quite a big impact in terms of, um, well, having a lack of technical support is gonna be a problem. I mean, there's been times where I've had to speak with Google's technical support team um, in order to fix an issue for which there was no documentation because it had just never come up before. There's always something really unique and niche that causes a feed to stop working um, that requires Google to investigate the issue and come back to you. That's happened to me so many times. And quite often it's an error on Google's part where their automated systems have incorrectly marked a feed as non-compliant. Um, and, and, and it does happen. Um, and in all of those cases, I've had to speak to someone at Google to get the issue investigated and for them to, to well, usually they fix it their end or they tell me what I need to do to fix it my end. And there's always technical things that can be fixed your end as well but um, I guess without having that support it will be a problem so for us as an agency it's not the end of the world because we've got many years experience of these things happening and we can draw upon our previous experiences of when things go wrong and fixing them but I guess as you say for SMEs it may be a problem Um, there is always an issue with a product feed at some point at least once a year (laughs) every every feed will get a nasty warning from Google to say that it's non-compliant for one reason or another. It, it does happen, and a lot of the time it's due to Google misinterpreting the information that you've got there and its automated systems flagging it as a problem when it's not. But in most cases, that can be fixed by speaking with Google. So um... <laughs> is that always necessary? I mean, again, as an agency, we we have a luxury, which is that we have a direct... Um, contact with with Google for this and again that's not going to be something all SMEs have is it they're not going to have this person that deals with their account all the time so and it's probably only going to increase the volume at which people are going to need to contact Google I would say so and one of the things that's worth mentioning about Google shopping feed disapprovals is that when your feed has been flagged as non-compliant they normally give you a 30-day grace period to fix it and it used to be that once you fixed it, you contact them, it will be manually reviewed, um, and then they'll come back to you with, with anything that needs changing. They actually changed it last year so that from now on, when you fix your Google Shopping feed, you don't tell Google to take another look at it. They just say after the grace period of 30 days, someone will look at it and someone will confirm whether it's acceptable or not. If it's not acceptable, it will get shut down. Okay, um, so that so that means that potentially you could fix an issue, I guess, in that 30 days or rather believe you fixed an issue. Absolutely. And you have to wait until the end of 30 days. Yes. And then there's no extra grace period on if you've done it wrong, it just gets switched That'll off. That'll go, nope, that's wrong, switch it off. Okay. And then you have to go through other channels. I don't know what's going to happen with those channels if they're removing all technical support 
I'd like to think that there will at least be some skeleton crew, so to speak, that will manually review the policies. Um, but by the wording in the statement they've given, it suggests that there's not going to be any guidance to do so, specifically for things that fall outside the best practice or, or that isn't, for whatever reason, covered in the standard documentation. And is this, this looks like from the statement it's effective immediately? Is that right? It's, it, it, it just says, yeah, it says... That's what it looks like, yeah. I mean, they haven't yeah. made an official statement as yet. I think they've only just been contacting agencies mm. to, to tell them about it. So mm. I, it's, I can't I have no more information on that mm. at the moment. Okay. So takeaways? <laughs> um, make sure your shopping feed is compliant because the last thing you want is one of those nasty Google emails warning you that it isn't compliant. And also just make sure you've got access to someone who has experience working with feeds. Um, you know, you might be using a plugin for your feed. You may have approached someone to create a feed or you may have created the feed yourself using Google Sheets or some other type of spreadsheet. All of that's fine. Just make sure that whoever's managing it is keeping an eye on it and has the ability to edit it quickly if it needs an update. The last thing you want is your shopping feed to be shut down during your busiest time of year. Automated bidding. So this is uh, interesting. I mean, I love talking about automated bidding anyway. Um, one of my interests, as you know, is the whole AI side of things. And me and Rob have got, Rob and I, I should say, have got differing opinions sometimes when it comes to automation strategies. Uh, but this is a really interesting bit of news we've had because this is something, again, I believe Google is just kind of, they haven't put out, I, have, I haven't found anything that they've put out about this publicly um, yet, which is that they have made a fairly substantial, I think it's right to say fairly substantial yeah. update to their automated uh, bidding algorithm. I mean, do you want to just take us through that, Rob, the, the, the changes? When Actually, first, it'd be helpful maybe just to talk about, uh, for those that maybe aren't using them or are a bit rusty, about automated bidding strategies, what's available and what they're used for. Sure. Okay. Well, typically, when you're managing a pay-per-click account, you'll have two immediate options. One is to automate your bidding strategies and the other is to manually control them and set your own bids and there is also just to be pedantic somewhere in between where you can manually manage your bids but add some element of automation in order to help that's the enhanced cost per click stuff right that's We're right about. yeah absolutely um so there are different types of automated bidding options that you can choose from um some will be more relevant to advertisers than others. Um, just to give you a brief overview of the main ones. The first one, and it's normally the one that Google pushes for you to use when you set up a new campaign, is the maximize conversions bidding strategy. Now, the way that works is that Google will try to spend your entire daily budget and do so to get you as many conversions as possible. That sounds like a good thing. <laughs> on the surface <laughs> yeah, maybe so just to put that into perspective let's just say you have a 100 pounds or 100 dollars per day budget google will do everything it can to spend that budget in order to get you as many conversions as possible now it might be that in any given day you would only get one conversion 
Google doesn't really care. It wants you to get that one potential conversion, but at the expense of spending a hundred pounds. That might be really good if you're not too concerned about the costs per acquiring that conversion. So if you're just trying to like grab market share, for instance, and you're not that worried. Yeah, if you know you've got a daily budget of £100 and you just want to get at least one lead or as many leads as you can every day out of it and you're not too focused on the cost per that conversion, maximise conversions is fine. Um, so that's just that's something to consider. The next one um, that relates to automated bidding and conversions is target CPA, which stands for target cost per acquisition which is slightly different to maximize conversions because you tell Google what you what you want your average cost per conversion to be and it will do everything it can to meet that. And I suppose this is better for lead generation campaigns where um, you know that each lead is worth a certain value and you know that that lead is only going to be profitable if it's no more than a certain amount of money for you to require that. So for example, you might want to set your target cost per acquisition to £20 per lead, knowing that most leads are worth several hundred pounds and that you close X number of leads that you receive. So target CPA is a good way of I guess having some kind of expectation um, as to as to whether or not the lead is going to be profitable for you. Um, the next one is target ROAS or target return on ad spend, which is slightly similar to target CPA, except it looks at the actual revenue figure. So this is for e-commerce advertisers that want that are focusing on sales specifically, sales that they want to make sure they generate a profit for. So in such circumstances, you don't really look at the cost per conversion. The cost per conversion is an important metric, but actually it's whether or not that conversion is generating a profit for you. So would this be, you know, if you're selling a range of products, some are five pounds and others are, you know, 500 pounds? Yeah, absolutely. You might be happy to, uh, let's just say your average cost per conversion is 10 pounds, but you have a specific product that sells for 1,000 pounds. You might be happy to, um, to sell that at a cost per conversion of £50 because yeah. you know you're going to get a good return on ad spend from it. So target ROAS, you set a percentage. You might say, I want a target ROAS of 500% and Google will do everything it can to get you that figure. Um, another one that they're pushing a lot lately is target impression share, which is slightly different. It doesn't really factor in conversions per se. Instead, what it does is it allows you to choose an ad position that you want to achieve, such as the absolute top position or somewhere in the top three or four ad positions um, and choose a percentage of time that you want to appear in that spot. So if you wanted to appear 100% of the time for specific keywords in the absolute top position, you could set it to 100% and Google would do everything it can to ensure that you achieve that position. Um, of course, another um, automated bidding strategy is maximize clicks which doesn't focus on conversions or anything it just does everything it can to use up your budget and generate as many clicks from that budget as possible so there's lots of different automatic bidding strategies so where, where does manual bidding fit in in 2019 because mm. a lot of these sound great mm. so you know, are, is there still a place, do you think, currently and in the future for manual bidding? In my experience, yes. Automated bidding still can't 
always reach the results that a manual bid can achieve and there's various reasons for that and that's such a long conversation to have i can talk and talk and talk for for a long time as to why um it might be worth talking about the actual update itself to the algorithm and then i can come back to that okay let's do that okay (laughs) so um so historically google's automated bidding strategies the ones that relied um the ones that focus on driving conversions Historically, they relied on historic conversion data in order to optimize your bids. So it would look at conversions for the last 30 days um, and it would see where those conversions came from and it would build on it and it would update the bids in order to try and get more of those conversions. So it's just using the existing, your old existing data to basically train a model of this is what's working. That's right. Yeah. So if certain keywords showed that they consistently drove conversions and someone typed in a search query that matched that keyword, Google would say, okay, well, historically that search query has performed well, so I'll increase the bids on that and reduce the bids on the searches that haven't. So thus it removes the manual need for you to, to manage those bids. Now, in the past, you had to have a certain amount of conversions in your account in order for those bidding strategies to be available to you. Now, Google have just confirmed, in fact, I'll read out the statement that they've given to us. Um, They've confirmed that the algorithm has had a core update at the account level. And they have said, we are using new algorithms at account level based on audience signals from all advertisers within the same vertical. Wow. And they also confirmed that you no longer need conversion history in order to use those bidding strategies. So just to step back for a moment, you can set your bidding strategy to maximize conversions or to target CPA or target ROAS without having any historic conversion data because Google is going to look at a range of signals and it will determine the intent of the user in order to decide which searches it should increase bids for and which which it should reduce bids for. So actually they're kind of taking all your what will likely be competitors data aggregating it sticking it in a black box and using that intelligence to help you optimize a campaign absolutely i think it's a great step forward that they're looking at signals from other advertisers because i I guess it lowers the bar sorry to interrupt i guess it lowers the bar in terms of you know when we speak to uh new clients or people who are just starting paid search one of the biggest hurdles i see for new businesses who want to do paid search is that their competitors have maybe been running ads say for two years so Mm. they know which keywords work they know which ads work they know which landing pages work they've optimized their cost per sale cost per click so it's a huge investment sometimes just to buy yourself the intelligence so you can compete on that level because from a fresh entry you're not really competing with those ppc veteran companies are you you're basically Mm. buying some intelligence so you can get to the stage where you compete so this kind of shortcuts that in a way if google's saying we will use some of that data to work out what's going to work for you you're you're kind of taking investment google's giving you some of that investment from other people you could look at it even deeper actually and say that for all this time google has been getting all the other advertisers to figure out what works best And that information has now become available for it to just completely automate everything and say, okay, moving forward, 
a fully automated bidding mm. strategy based on what has worked for every single advertiser before that earned conversions. Just press go. We'll automate everything because this is what's worked for our worldwide advertisers mm. that use the Google Ads platform. And that's information, obviously, they're never going to share no. with companies or be able to share because of privacy reasons, which is good because it's convenient mm. because obviously you can you can resell it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and the entire thing, I think it's a great step forward, first of all. Um, it's also an interesting one because historically Google has said that its conversion bidding algorithms um, for automated bidding already use lots of signals and didn't just rely on conversion data. So in my personal opinion, which doesn't reflect any agencies for whom I work, just oh, to, to thank make, you. Just thank to you make for that, clear, Rob. <laughs> my, my personal opinion is that the update is now changing the bidding algorithm to how it always should have been and how I would have always had wanted it to have been, which is a signal, um, a, a user-focused approach, one that looks at the intent behind the search and not just looks, doesn't just look at historic conversion data so i'm really looking forward to seeing what positive impact it hopefully has on automated bidding strategies that we're using at the moment um and you said that mark that you and i sometimes have different thoughts and feelings about automated bidding so i've always been very much of the opinion that if it's google's automated bidding solution it's probably the best one out there because it has access to so much data. Mm. And when it comes to non-Google affiliated tools, um, I, I mean, we get contacted a lot. I'm sure a lot of advertisers get contacted by non-Google affiliated um, tools that offer awesome automated bidding strategies. Mm. And I've used a few of these tools before just out of interest and they're all targeted at the layperson. They're all about simplifying things and generally speaking they don't have access to the vast amounts of data that google has so i've always been very skeptical about using them for my clients accounts i'd much rather rely on google's vast reams of data about its users i guess there's that balancing act of google's definitely got the most data which they won't be able to share with people who have third party tools but there's the motivation, I guess, which is maybe a third-party tool probably has a um, a motivation closer to the client in that they want to make you money so you keep using their tool, whereas a lot of Google's moves we've seen, while they've had almost a halo, sometimes a halo-positive effect, I'd say, on advertisers, the primary driver for their changes and actions is their their revenue and their, yes, their profit and their growth. A very good point, um, yes. Which is why, you know, it's no secret within our industry, those that have Google account managers, it's a very common suggestion that to improve your Google Ads account, you should up your budget and increase your budget. That's a, a thread that comes up quite regularly yes. when we speak to people um, at Google. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and and just to clarify, I've, I've always been a proponent for Google's automated bidding strategies, but unfortunately, it has to be said, I've always got better results when I've controlled bids myself, um, particularly on the most important, crucial, traffic-heavy areas of a pay-per-click mm -hmm. campaign. I just, Google's automated bidding has never managed to match just human intellect in my opinion um but not yet perhaps this change is the change that we've all been looking for the one that's going to make it even better you know, i think it's moving in the right direction because one of the things i've been seeing more and more over the last 10 years is that 
um, less keywords consistently convert. There's fewer keywords that comprise what I would call the core keywords, which which comprise the vast majority of conversions for a client. It's now a wide range of various. Um, it's all the long tail stuff. It's, it's what we're seeing in in SEO as well, which is that yeah, several years ago we would target. Um, you know, we'd pick some some set of key phrases that represented a large proportion of our traffic. Whereas now, with the focus on you know, there's a lot more focus on basically writing better content now, mm. and that's naturally becoming more diverse. And people are seeing that the traffic they're getting is is more diverse in type, type in terms of the searches because users are now being more specific with their searches um, because I think it's we, we get better search results now yeah when and, you're specific and everyone searches for their own well for what they need which is unique to them and Google of course um, personalizes the results for what they've previously searched for and makes assumptions as to what that person's going to be interested in mm. so the entire search results for, for everyone is, is unique to them and, and just to use a really bad analogy, um, someone could Google the search query "awesome sunglasses," see a pay-per-click advert for some awesome sunglasses, click on the advert, and purchase those sunglasses. Whereas another type of person might type in exactly the same search, click on the advert, but not convert. So it's the intent behind the person who who wrote that search query that matters. And that's what Google is trying to factor in with this latest algorithm. And it, it's, it makes me ask the question, how important is the search query moving forward? Which, again, is probably a discussion for another day. But if the intent, if the targeting that Google can come up with behind the intent of a user is so accurate, then we may get to the point where we can target people by their exact shopping wants and needs, um, regardless of what they're typing in, which is what Google's moving towards. And in theory, they've provided us with with tools to do that now, but it's still not 100% accurate. So someone could type in mobile phone tariffs, um, but we could show an ad for sunglasses and they may buy those sunglasses because the intent targeting was so accurate. Okay, so this is actually moving away from a keyword-led uh, targeting to, yeah, I guess I guess it's the at the moment we're at, we're at the stage then where we're looking at keywords in context of intent. So to take your example of mobile phone tariffs, there might be, yeah, intent as to whether someone's actually looking for a new mobile phone there or just doing a completely unrelated bit of research because mm. the search is unique to the user. Yeah. Well, Google's... Google. Google? <laughs> Google's, new, Google's new conversion algorithm should, in theory, factor in more of the intent behind a signal. And of course, it will look into historic performance amongst other advertisers. And it will then decide whether to bid high or bid low. So it's, it's factoring in a lot more about the user rather than just the keyword, rather than just the superficial searches that we're bidding on. So the big question here that we've skirted around and I want to ask is how long until we get to the stage then where we don't need PPC account managers? Well, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a difficult thing to answer. <laughs> I'm put on the spot now. I think, personally, it, it depends how much control that Google 
allows the advertiser to have. If they provide all of this automation, then, but they also provide the means to override the automation and do what what the advertiser thinks best, which I would like to think they do so, then I think there'll always be the need for an advertiser. There always needs to be a consultant that analyzes the data and decides where best to direct money, which numbers to to influence in order to make the best long-term goals for a for a, for for each client. I mean, Google doesn't understand the goal. It doesn't understand the human aspect. It only understands the numbers. And if you focus too much on the wrong numbers, then things can sometimes go a bit haywire. So I'd like to think that there'll always be a need, um, but that's I guess that's down to Google, isn't it? And how much control they want the advertiser to have. That is a really great answer, and I expect lots of PPC managers to repeat that verbatim to their boss. <laughs> That's everything we've got time for in this episode. We will be back on July the 29th next. All of the show notes, links as usual, the transcription are available online at search.withcanda.co.uk. I'm Mark Williams Cook. I hope you have a wonderful week and we will speak to you, hear from you, get your questions during the week and we'll record another episode next Friday. See you later. Bye.